Welcome to the Sermon B-Side Podcast, a podcast of Liberty Church in the Harrisburg region of Central Pennsylvania. Sermon B-Side is designed to be a resource to answer your questions and to go deeper into the conversation started by each week's sermon. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another week of the Liberty B-Side Podcast. My name is Steve King. Alongside me is Matt Lulloyan, as always, and Matt, alongside you... Well, I guess also me. We're sitting in a triangle. Ben Bechtel. He is. Thank he's you for here. Tell, thank you for telling me who's sitting next to me. Ben, I have you, Matt, have I, you I, met I, Ben? Yeah. Ben? Have you met Matt? Just make sure you guys are on the same page. And yes. everyone listening to the podcast today, thank you for joining us. Steve, Matt, as always, and Ben is with us too. Ben, welcome to the podcast. It's a joy to be with you guys. That's great. Give us um you were here yesterday at Liberty with some other core team members from Midtown Community from Church. From Midtown Community yeah. Church. Um, and so give us, for someone who's listening to this, we probably don't have a lot of people that listen to the podcast that are it's the first time they're ever listening because they're kind of in our community. They're used to why they know why they're listening to the podcast, but anyone who maybe was at church yesterday, heard you and just wants a, a refresher or maybe missed church yesterday, but has heard a little about MCC. We've talked about that over the past couple months. Give us the introduction of yourself and MCC and the next kind of where this is leading in the next 15 months. Yeah. You have 10 seconds. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> um, t- take a minute and do that. Just give an introduction for yourself. Yeah, yeah. Um, so my name is Ben. I currently serve uh, on staff at Community Evangelical Free Church over on the East Shore. And um, I'm in the process of kind of transitioning off of full-time staff there to see a new church planted, Midtown Community Church in the city of Harrisburg. And um, had the ability to be here in worship with you all at Liberty yesterday and uh, was grateful for that and had the opportunity to share a little bit more about MCC and uh, what's what's happening right there uh, with that now and the way God's moving uh, to see that church planted. But um, yeah, I have a wife named Whitley, uh, two daughters, Piper, who's two, and Georgia, who's 10 weeks old. Um, and then we have two Labrador retrievers uh, nice. that we love a lot. I feel like they don't get much love anymore <laughs> right, right now. They're underloved. So <laughs> underloved. Yeah. Okay. They've taken the back seat. Underloved. They're, they're lowest on the totem pole. In For the sure. Household. For yeah. sure. Underloved. Yeah. Underexercised. I'm a little bit self conscious <laughs> that my dog's getting fat, but we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> Yesterday, when you introduced your family, there was I was at the 8:30, yeah. and there was a noticeable um, like kind of reaction. Not not like a not like a negative one, but like a when you kind of introduced Whitley, two daughters, I think by that point our congregation was aware, oh, this person would be planting a church, growing a lot. Oh, he's married, two young kids. When you said 10-week-old, I heard the church kind of like, <laughs> they were just kind of, I don't know if they were impressed or worried, but like yeah. there was a little bit of a, oh. Both are oh, probably okay. healthy. Okay. Yeah, yeah, healthy right, responses. Yeah. It's the age-old yeah. secret of church planting that you make the busiest people Planet church. That's right. That's how. That's how. That's Secret to success. It's, it's like Jim Gaffigan's bit about like having a having a fourth kid. He's yeah, like, yeah. Or what, is a fifth, fifth kid? kid. Yeah, fifth yeah. What's yeah. it like to have, have a fifth kid? kid. Yeah. It's like imagine you're drowning and someone hands you a baby. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of what I think. That Act, like. Acts twenty nine was like, well, if you want to plant a church, you have to have a second child first. Is yeah, that, that was okay. that was one of my yeah. conditions. Okay. Yeah, that's great. Good. We loved having here yesterday. Yeah, Greg Kabakshian, who we love having here and have had here for a couple months. He is um, a church planning resident with Liberty Harrisburg. Yep. Um, I'm just saying this for anyone who doesn't know. I'm sure people listening do know that. Mm-hmm. And Greg will be, Lord willing, joining you and, and at MCC uh, January of 2024. That's that's the goal. That's, that's the right. vision here. Yeah. That's right. And you get to hear from not only Greg, 
but also Anthony Wright, our pastoral resident, they'll be uh, actually running the B-Side podcast next week. That's right. So we, we, we like to bring people in to the B-Side as yes. well. So it's great to have Ben with us today. We'll have Anthony and Greg on B-Side next week. Next week. Yeah. Man, the kids are going to run the show next week. They are. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's right. The inmates the inmates run the asylum. <laughs> that's, 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 right. that's how it works, right? Loved having some of your core team here yesterday. I think you meant, did you mention that? I don't know if you mentioned that. I don't think I did. Precisely, but we had some core team members yeah. yesterday. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about where the core team is at right now and just their experience yesterday, if you've heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it was great. We had five, uh, five other couples, I think, from our core team join us for worship at Liberty. And it was a fun experience. It was fun to get to hear from them just about uh, joining in a new church context and worshiping. And then it was just fun to hear a conversation about like, okay, we worship at like all these people are from my current church community. We worship there. We worship with Liberty now, like vision, we're visioning what a new church might look like and what corporate worship together might yeah. look like there. So all, all of those people appreciated worship a lot yesterday. We're encouraged by your sermon, Matt. And um, I think really just enjoyed the way that Liberty uh, intentionally thinks through uh corporate worship and liturgy. And mm. I described it to them as, I think it's like your services are like a bullseye every time it feels like in the theme mm. that, Runs through it, so mm -hmm. that was an encouragement to Thanks, all of man. us. That's, yeah, yeah it's encouragement. I mean, that's an encouragement to us. That he just said that's yeah. a kind, kind word to say. <clears throat> yeah. Um, tell us, you, you shared a little bit about this yesterday, so maybe maybe it sounds like you're repeat yourself, but give us some of the the need to knows. What would you want someone to know about MCC um, right now? Things that you've recently done or launched or made live, and what's coming? Yeah. Um, main thing right now is we just last month started our first official core team meeting. Um, and those are going to be happening monthly, um, through the new year. And so, um, that's the biggest thing. So if you're somebody who came up and talked to Greg and I after church and listened to this or somebody from Liberty Church, this is a great time to start to, if you're interested and, and curious about MCC to start asking questions. It's a great time to jump in. Um, we're just kind of right now talking through, some of our, our values of the, the type of church that we hope to plant mm -hmm. um, and working through that together. Um, as well, our website's now live. So if you want to, to kind of like, right as you're listening to this, get more information, it's mcchbg.org. Um, we made it rhyme so Love that yeah, <laughs> so that we could, uh, easy, easy memory recall there. Um, so those are the two biggest things. Look, we pulled it up right here. Well, as you there said, like if you want, if you're listening to this right now and you want to pull it up, I was like, I'm listening right now and I do I want to do pull it, it up. Yeah, so there you if go. you there want some is. like great pictures of the Harrisburg region and the bridges across the river, lots of bridges. That's like also a great website to visit. It's like, <laughs> it's, it's, like it's a church website that also has some great photography and stuff in the background of the region. So yep. yeah, some of the best free photos of Harrisburg that it's, you can find. Royalty <laughs> free stock photos. Gotta love them. Terrific. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we said this yesterday too, but, and we'll continue to talk about this. Ben, you'll, you'll be with us, um, four different weeks, uh, over the course of the next year, kind of embedding with us for a week at a time, just getting to see how we, how we do stuff, not only on Sundays, but just in the course of our, of our staff and, and elder and team life here. You'll be back in April. I think you'll be back before then, but April is one of the weeks. And I know that week for sure you're going to preach here at Liberty, which will be great mm -hmm. to have you do that. Um, so we'll, we'll be talking about Midtown Community Church a lot here. And we said, I said this yesterday, but you know, we, we're certainly at Liberty not trying to get rid of anyone, but we are, we are happy to send people with you and with the MCC core team from Liberty to see this new church happen. So, um, so just as, as I said yesterday, but if you're, if that's, if you're at least willing to consider involvement in that, we would love to start that conversation with mm -hmm. you and talk with you about that. 
Um, again, not at all trying to say you you gotta you gotta leave, but um, this is this is something we care about a lot. Seeing new churches planted, and actually, I didn't say this yesterday, but we this is actually the best chance we've ever had to do that locally. We we mm-hmm. we've had plants uh, in another part of central Pennsylvania, about but it was like forty minutes away, so we didn't actually have a lot of people in that vicinity. We have one in Tampa, which is a thousand miles away. Don't really have people in that vicinity. Mm. So this is actually a chance we have to send people with a church plant uh, here in, in our in our own region. So we're hoping we can do that well. Yeah, it's great. Thanks for being here, Ben. Yeah. And for absolutely. joining the podcast today. Mm-hmm. This is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt, you preached yesterday. We continued our sermon series in 2 Kings. Um, you went from 2 Kings 6 and then some verses in 6, 7, and 8. Yeah, we tried, right? to, we tried to tackle a lot. All yesterday. of a sudden, let's just yeah. get let's get all in there, we're, right? We're winding it down. We're like two that's weeks true. two weeks yeah. more now. Um, that's right. So we were, there was a lot we're trying to cover here toward the end. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was good. Well, give us the 90-second summary of what you preached on yesterday. Just kind of get us back into the mindset of the message. Yeah, so it's a pretty jolting part of, of 2 Kings particularly the siege of Samaria. That's the capital city of the northern kingdom of Israel. Uh, Syria, the nation, the kingdom of Syria, besieges it with its whole army, um, and in surrounding it um, leads to white, to famine in the city, and that leads to some really desperate and horrible things, including um, mothers eating their sons, mm-hmm. uh, parents eating their children. So uh, that's probably the thing that stands out most when you read that passage from yesterday, where where. What I see in that text um, and what I think actually turns something so horrible into something hopeful is that you see actually that God is the God of restoration. So if there was a big idea to yesterday's sermon, it was that God's the God of restoration. Yeah. And two main ways we saw it um, in the city restored, in Samaria actually being restored and stabilizing and its prices returning to to normal, we get to glimpse God's promise. Um, it, w- it wasn't because Samaria was a good city, a noble city. Um that God restored it was because he promised that he would restore it. And then he did it. And so that, that points us to this ultimate promise for restoration and even the, the new city, the fully restored city uh, that the author of Hebrews talks about Abraham's been longing for. Yeah. And then revelation 21, the new city, the, the new Jerusalem that comes down from heaven to earth. So we have an even better promise than the city of Samaria got in this moment. Um, so that promise for restoration. And then the other story we talked about yesterday was the Shunammite, the, the woman from Shunem who we met several chapters ago in second Kings four, this is kind of, at least as far as we get the conclusion to her story. We don't hear from her again in second Kings, uh, but she's sojourned away from her home for seven years. She comes back in, in leaving. She avoided the famine that happened in the land, uh, but she lost her home. And so we see her home restored and in her home being restored, we glimpse God's providence. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really, the only reason that the King of Israel, who was not a good man, uh, restored her home in that moment, apparently, is that this timing of, of when she enters, when she comes back, when she actually walks in the room, yeah. it's as Gehazi is telling the king that Elisha has also raised people from the dead. And then, like, as he's telling her that, and he walks. Here she is. And here yeah. she is. Yep. Her, right. The mm-hmm. mom and the son walk in together. And it's like, <clears throat> okay. And so he gives her her home. And not only her home and her land back, but also restores even more, restores the income and the food that, she, that would have been hers um, had she had she lived there mm-hmm. those seven years. Yeah. So God's the, God's not a throwaway God. He's the God of restoration, city restored, a home restored. We see God's promise. We see God's providence. Yeah. That was yesterday. It's great. Great message. Uh, great story that is woven throughout Scripture. Yeah. Um, all pointing toward the restoration that, that Christ makes possible for us, which is... Yeah, it was, it was an encouraging message. 
um, to hear yesterday. Mm-hmm. We received a question. It's a heavy yeah. question, right? It it's, a, it's a question filled. Um, it's kind of from the perspective of prior to restoration. It's and, the it's the kind of question I I kind of asked for. So I, I sure. wasn't, I'm, I'm yeah. really glad this person reached out with it when just asking like what what are you longing to see God restore? Yeah. Um, and this question is kind of an answer. I to think that. comes from right. that. Yeah. Yeah. I think so and I would encourage you know as we're maybe reading this question, talking about this, any one of us um, still think about the answer to the question you asked yesterday. Hmm. Um, I know for myself, I can some. I think just the way I'm wired. Maybe it's maybe it's also habits. Um, pushing through life in such a way that the things that aren't restored kind of just, well, just put put it, whether it's a blind eye or a, Mm -hmm. um, or just, you know, don't pay attention to it. Just put it in a closet or put it on the side of the road and life keeps moving. And, Mm -hmm. um, I think for any one of us, we, it's, it's helpful to sit, um, even with the, the, uh, the, the anxiety or the discouragement, the frustration that comes with the answer of what are we longing for it to be restored? Because mm-hmm. if we answer that question, well, I think we find things that, well, they're not restored and that causes us to have to face them again. And, um, we're, we don't want to open up wounds for the sake of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really good for us to, to see where we are or aren't trusting God with those things. Maybe how we respond to things that are broken tells us about uh, what we believe about God mm-hmm. um, and not just his capacity to restore things, but his heart and his love for people who are in need of restoration. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I'm just like, man, what, what I, well, yeah. I, I need to do that. I'm just like, I'm saying that almost to remind, remind myself mm-hmm. of that because I can push through my life sometimes so quickly that um, I don't want to pay attention to those things. Mm-hmm. And you just kind of throw layers of, uh, of, uh, coping on top of it. Yeah. Um, let me ask this question. Yeah. So this is the question that yeah. came through. So the person, I'll, maybe I'll summarize the question with my own, my own paraphrase of it. Yeah. Right. So the person writes in describing that their family, their family's a mess. Right. And so in this person's family, so I'm thinking of immediate and maybe extended family, mm-hmm. um, includes history of divorce, um, allegations of sexual abuse, um, this person specifically being someone who maybe has felt like they are the one that's trying to bridge, like to bring, bring reconciliation, hold it together, hold it together yeah. for their sake, for the sake of family members, um, parents who um, are estranged from one another and haven't talked in many years, parents and siblings having not talked for many years. Um, and so you see a lot of disharmony, a lot of dysfunction, a lot of brokenness in the relation, relationship of the family. Mm-hmm. And then the person writing was convicted yesterday because I don't see any hope of restoration. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see uh, actually the fruit of that lack of hope. So in their life, describe like there's bitterness, there's anger that this person wrestles with because of the situation, because of the, yeah. the, the dysfunction, the brokenness in the family. So when it comes to a head knowledge, I can clearly know the quote unquote right answer is that restoration is always possible. Like willing to admit that, but um, can't actually see uh, in the in the head. Like, well, how would that actually become true? Like, yeah. It's hard to actually believe that restoration will occur in their life and the life of parents and siblings. Yeah. Um, and so ultimately, the question is, what do we do with that? What do we do when we just see a certain amount of brokenness? That we just go, yeah, we know God's possible. He, well, God is, it's possible for God to do anything. Nothing's really going to happen here, though. Right. This is just a lost situation. Yeah. What do we do with that discouragement when we find it? Yeah. Yeah, I really appreciate the question. Um, I appreciate the the vulnerability of, you know, the transparency of, like, the honesty of the wrestling that this person's expressing here. And um, this person mentioned this in that email, too, but just the the... 
maybe to say first, the need to just be able to flesh this out in, in conversations with other Christians and mm-hmm. be known in that way throughout, um, throughout your life. Because I think this is real. Like this is like, we, um, yeah, I, a couple different thoughts come to mind, you know, in, in thinking through this one is, um, I think that's good to, to, to acknowledge that God is the God of restoration. And because of that restoration is always possible. Um, I also want to, want to make sure to clarify um, we don't all have the same specific promises that like Samaria got in, uh, in this text in second Kings chapter six and seven. Mm-hmm. So Elisha who literally says in that moment, thus says the Lord restoration will happen in this city tomorrow. Right. Mm-hmm. We don't have that specific of a promise for the specific broken situations in our lives. Right. Um, I wish we did. Like I, I wish, I wish you could point to every broken relationship, uh, every, uh, everything that is not the way it's meant to be in our world right now and just mm-hmm. say, you know what? God's going to restore that and he's going to do it soon. But we don't, we don't get that specific of a promise the, 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 the promise we do get is, is that more, uh, you know, ultimate promise, the, the eschatological promise, the end times promise that Jesus is making all things new. And in the end, he has, he has restored things yeah. to, to their sinless perfection in this earth. Um, so you can always hold out the hope as this person's fighting for in this moment that God will bring restoration to the specific moments, but to not take a, a specific promise that God gives in this moment and, and claim it in a way that would, I think, set any one of us up for a lot of discouragement and disappointment would maybe be one of the places that my, my mind goes there. Yeah. And I think what this person's even doing in, in talking about this in the email, and I think this is the, the right response to the, the first step is to acknowledge and I would say lament mm-hmm. where restoration is needed and isn't happening. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so just to like, just to take this and lament, this is not the like, it's not supposed, like parents are not supposed to be estranged from each other. Parents and siblings are not supposed to be estranged from each other. Divorce, allegations of sexual abuse, like the things that are mentioned here in this question, it's not the way it's supposed to be. That That's not, that's not what God, what God's good and perfect design is in his creation included. Um, so I think to lament that and to cry out for restoration or, or is a beautiful response to this. Yeah. And maybe I'll start there. I don't know for either of you guys, like what thoughts that prompts or, or where to go with it from there, but that's, that's Mm -hmm. my initial thought. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I just thinking about what you said, Steve earlier, even, and how that connects to lament, like, and just hearing in, in this question, just some of that, like, I know it's right in my head, but it's not connecting to my heart. Um, I think that's part of the reason why the Lord gives us like a third of the Psalms in the Bible that are Psalms of lament is like to connect what we know about God's promises, but also what I'm like you, Steve, what what I'm tempted to just like push through about the fallenness of this world and not like actually let it sink in. Um, I think the Lord gives us the Psalms of lament almost as like a discipline to keep us like Hmm. really centered on like, this world is broken and that mm-hmm. there are actual longings of our hearts that are not fulfilled. Um, but then also to, to like in that process to like weave into our hearts, hope for restoration, even as we're grieving and yeah. lamenting. Um, so yeah, I think in my life, it certainly is something that it has to be done as a discipline. Cause that just mm-hmm. thinking about you said, Steve, I resonate with that mm-hmm. so much. And it's something that I think we have to keep in front of us. I think our culture is just so, it, like we are 
it both church culture and American culture um, are so geared towards the awesome, the positive, the excitement, you know, everything that's flashy and great and brilliant. And that's just not the world we live in. I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. Lament helps us to see that clearly and bring that before the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, Matt, what you said before too uh, resonated with me, the idea of calling out what does need to be restored and um, to remember the goodness of it if it is restored, like, sure. like to actually to remember and hold on to sometimes it's a, you know, maybe it's an intellectual or emotional fight we have to strive to. So Ben, as you're saying a discipline of lament, there's also a discipline of, of seeing what God calls good as good. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. not, um, not to become, um, either reluctant to, um, or accepting of brokenness and just go, well, that's just the way it's going to be. Sure. Um, it it almost, there's, there's something there that is, um, we wrestle with like the, uh, uh, does my heart, my mind can say God will, can restore, but will he restore? It's like this, we fight that reluctance. Yeah. And there's also a a separate type of reluctance, which is just actually assuming it, assuming that what is broken is just kind of, there's going to be things that are broken and that's okay too. Mm-hmm. And I think it, like that creates then in us more of a longing. When we see what God calls good as good and when it's not that, mm-hmm. that should create us even more longing <laughs> to mm-hmm. like see that thing as being restored. Yeah. Um, which kind of also makes it harder than it's not, right? So yeah. it's like actually lean into the complete despair of something being broken. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then... Bring that to God. Like bring yeah. that to God. Psalms of lament help us do that. There's prayers that help us do that. In community, we have to do that with one another. Mm-hmm. Like we have to bring this to God. And an encouragement that we see in scripture, and I think even in the passage yesterday, that that restoration is coming. There is a restoration coming. Maybe not of the every practical relationship that we see around us in our families. We may not, yeah, we may not. We may die having unseen that, like not sure. seeing that. Yeah. Um, or on the other side of of death in heaven, go, wow, there's things that we would have longed for in life to be restored. And that was not part of mm-hmm. what was restored even ultimately. Mm-hmm. Um, other than we know God is restoring all things to himself. Yeah. And there's a there's a promise there that we have to hold on to. That's right. I have more thing. I have a couple of things I want to say. But let me pause there. Um yeah, I think, that, and just to pick up on another part of this question that this person mentioned too, uh, this person said, I can see the fruit of that lack of hope in, in himself, mm-hmm. like in bitterness and anger. I think there's, you know, a couple things like God restores, but, but, but calls us to an, to an active posture in that we can't, we can't be the ones that harden our hearts and stand off at a distance and refuse to participate in his restoration. And so my encouragement to this person is, you know, the relationships that involve parents and siblings, like you're not going to be able to force them to participate. Even if, even if God is working acts of restoration and even miraculous levels of that, you're not going to be able to force them to participate in it. They're going to yeah. actually have to yield in some ways and, and recognize that they need to also um, believe that God can do that, humble themselves in ways that they're being resistant to that, not harden their heart to it. Where, where this person, where I would say to this, this person as a, as a questioner is that you're, you're seeing the fruit of the lack of hope in yourself. I, I've said it to other people before at times, like you, you always want to be ready for if God were to do the miraculous, that you would be real right there ready to respond to. Yeah. Yep. And that's yeah. the part of like holding on to the hope of like, you, you can only control what you can control. 
you can only cling to that promise that God is the God who restores. You can't force or manipulate a, um, a, a restoration. You can't manufacture that, right. but you can, you can be constantly working like, at your heart level to, to be ready for it. If God were to, to bring even some steps in that direction. Yeah. Very true. We have a visitor here. We do. Well, I, I had to be called out for, for all of our, all the sake of just our headspace. Like all of a sudden we just have a young, young kid that is jumping up and down the window of the door trying to break through. And yes, we wisely months ago just recognized the need to lock the door. Because right. I think it was our, right. our, our own kids that were um, coming in and interrupting sometimes. So, um, I mean, that's a, that's a picture of the restoration of God trying to break through brokenness. That's, that I, think that's mm. what, I think that's what it might be. I, yeah, that's not, great. Not trying to make light, <laughs> not trying to make light of brokenness. Yeah. I think um, what's in, in, in asking the question and, and in this discussion right now, I'm reminded of, um, of the prodigal son. And there's, that's a great, there's a great um, story of how God responds to someone in repentance. It's also a, I think a picture of brokenness that like think of the father who's longing for the son to come home. Mm -hmm. Um, and any one of us that is longing for restoration to either be given or brought for us or for others. And there's, there's things that are happening in the person's life and the lives of people that we don't see. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, I mean, I I don't want to just have that offer that as a trite example. I also am reminded of just these obvious examples sometimes, but they're, they're, they're powerful. The, the people of Israel longing for the Messiah before the Messiah came. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are generations and generations, thousands yeah. of years yeah. crying out, God, where, like, where are you in this? Mm-hmm. Um, and we can look back, um, in history with, uh, with our perspective now. And if like, if we could go back to anybody, we'd say, just wait, like you just don't, you can't imagine mm-hmm. what's coming. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and that's not meant to be, please hear that. It's not meant to be. Well, there's that giant band-aid that just fits on top of everything. Therefore, just hold on. It's going to work out in the end. It's not meant to be that. Mm-hmm. But as Christians, we do have that promise. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would I'd just go back to like, hold on to that promise, but hold on to it in prayer, in lament, um, mm-hmm. and with other brothers and sisters in Christ. Actually, mm-hmm. you don't, like I would say, you don't need, not everyone needs to know that about you and your family for them to know the real you. Mm-hmm. But there are some people when they know that about you, they will be great encouragements to you. For sure. Mm-hmm. So, so like expose yourself um, mm-hmm. in that emotion, in that wrestling, in that grief, in that anger with other people mm-hmm. um, to be comforted by other people's prayers and encouragements too. And I actually, yeah. I'd say this, like, I think the more that we share this stuff about e- ourselves to each other, we find that other people have this. For, oh, for so, sure. I mean, like, yeah. Oh, my I, gosh. I mean, yeah. I was true for me, like, in my life, things yeah. that I've wrestled with in my life over time. is going, like, well, I don't want people to know this about me or my upbringing or things. And then, like, you tell people, they're like, oh, like. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Please, that was actually really helpful for us to, like, have a bond there to mm-hmm. encourage each other. Um, so, that's, that, that's, God brings that in our community, which is, which is by his grace that he does that. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's great. Yeah, I, I mean, we could. I'm sure we could talk, you know, a lot more about that. But hopefully, that at least gives you a little bit of, um, you know, some thoughts related to, to that situation. I'm, I'm guessing that that could even be a good um, topic for conversation with your Bible study groups this week to kind of follow up on that question: Where are you? Yeah. Where are you longing to see God's restoration? And if, especially, I would, you know, we're, we're hopefully all moving in that direction. Uh, would encourage you to take that risk in your Bible study group and, and share an honest reflection like this. You know, this person sharing a pretty, a really honest one 
uh, here and in, in, the, in the, the podcast format, but in your Bible study groups, share that with each other. Um, encourage each other, pray for each other in that, help each other believe that promise of God. I think we really do need to do that together. Yeah. Um, that'd be a great way to use some of your time in your Bible study group this week. Yeah. Thanks all for listening today. Ben, thanks for joining the podcast today. Yeah. Looking forward to the, the week that's ahead here for you, uh, or connecting circles with Liberty a lot more. And then just generally the months that lay ahead of all of us as we look forward to uh, the growth, continued growth in the future uh, launch of MCC. Uh, it's far away, but great work being done now um, and needing to be be done now. So thanks for the role you're playing that for being here today. Yeah, it was a joy to be here. And for you people who are listening, just know that one of the biggest encouragements to me in this whole process of getting to know Matt and Steve is just that uh, I think Matt even said this in the video. Some of you might have seen about MCC that you're sending out. But like uh, it's easy to talk about being about the kingdom of God in theory and the men leading this church are about it in practice uh, in principle. And I've seen that play out. So thank you guys for the ways in which you're bringing me, us into the fold and are, are sending real people and energy and time to see this church planted. So thanks for those kind of words, man. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate appreciate that. that, Yeah. 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 Thanks everyone for listening. Enjoy the rest of the week. We will see you in the near future and on Sundays for worship, of course. See you then. Yeah. Bye everyone. Thank you for listening to the Sermon B-Side podcast. For more resources, information about our church, visit www.LibertyHarrisburg.org. That's Liberty with an I, Harrisburg.org.